Welcome to the Swine Health Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine health research digested for you. Swine Health Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Elbiotics, the postbiotic pioneer that helps maintain a healthy gut in pigs. Beringer Ingelheim, through innovative solutions, cutting-edge research, and world-class experts, Beringer Ingelheim helps producers operate with complete confidence. Learn more at swineresource.com. United Animal Health, scientifically better. Learn more at unitedamh.com. Get your full value from start to finish with Ilanco. At JBI, we apply biosecurity innovation and expertise to keep your operations safe. My name is Dr. Clayton Johnson, and I'm the host of the podcast. And joining me are a couple of world-class swine diagnosticians uh, from Iowa State University. We've got uh, Dr. Mike Gray, who's an assistant professor at the Iowa State University Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. And we've got Dr. Rachel uh, Derscheid who's an associate professor also at the Iowa State University Veterinary Diagnostic Lab. Thank you both for coming on. Um, Mike, if you want to kick us off, why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, yeah, grew up in eastern Iowa and and did the uh, the 4-H pigs um, from an early age. Uh, and um, yeah, I got, got more into it in undergrad. Um, I helped raise some PCB2 PERS negative pigs. Uh, went to veterinary school. Um, Along the way, really fell in love with immunology and pathology. I uh, did a, a PhD in porcelain immunology with Mike Murtaugh up at the University of Minnesota, and then came back to Iowa State and did a path residency, which is really um, centered around the diagnostic lab. And I've been here since 2017. It's been great. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Rachel, you want to give the audience an introduction? Sure. Yeah. I'm a Southern Iowa girl, actually raised on a cattle farm. Thought that's where I'd end up, but um, have stayed in Iowa. I've been fortunate to stay in Iowa. Love it here. And I have been at the diagnostic lab since 2013. I did my veterinary training as well as my residency and PhD in anatomic pathology here with Dr. Mark Ackerman and did a brief stint with monkeys, which are surprisingly somewhat like swine, and then came back and was able to join the, the team here at the ISUVDL. Excellent. Well, we appreciate uh, all the good work that you and your team at Iowa State does. We lean on you for support in diagnosis of many, many, many pig diseases. And today we're going to talk about respiratory disease that uh, may be difficult to diagnose. Respiratory disease that may look like a duck and quack like a duck, but when we do a PCR and expect to get duck back, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, I think producers and veterinarians alike are pretty uh, pretty habituated to seeing a little respiratory disease post-weaning and oftentimes with influenza. Um, you both have been involved in looking at cases that are influenza-like in terms of clinical signs, but maybe we're not getting PCR positive results for influenza. Mike, you want to talk us through a little bit about um, that kind of clinical presentation and what work you've done to try and drive to what is the root cause of those respiratory issues? Yeah, you know, I think it all kind of started with our submitters, right? And um, and basically them saying, you know, it, exactly you said, Clayton, it, this looks like flu, um, but we're pretty confident it's not. Um, and so in our, our workups, you know, we ob obviously do um, our gross path, which on these cases look like flu. We do our histopath, which look like flu. And uh, then we had negative PCR results. Um, and so I think for both Rachel and myself, um, we did next-gen sequencing and um, came up with this porcelain astrovirus 4. Um, 
And so there was a lot of questions about, oh, well, what does that mean, right? You know, the astroviruses are kind of part of the, what we term the virome, right? Um, so they're there, but are they actually doing anything? Um, and so they, it kind of, you know, just through casual conversation between the two of us, led us down this this retrospective um, path to to look at um, basically as many cases as we could to see, you know, how often is this agent porcin astrovirus four within lesions that would be consistent with flu um, in young pigs? And I'll let Rachel take it um, from just kind of how we started this retrospective investigation. Yeah, I I would echo not to be too redundant, but it really if some of our submitters are listening, they've probably seen some of those. I won't say canned, but repeated comments of this looks like influenza, most likely an epitheliotropic virus, so a virus that that really targets that that epithelium, that lining of the of the trachea or the airways within the lungs. And then for a long time before we had this implication that there was another virus at play, my comments would allude to it's possible that we didn't detect it due to timing of sampling or the multifocal nature of lesions. So if we think about other viruses that we were test that we would typically test for like PERS, that would be somewhere, no matter where we grabbed a piece of the lung, it would be there. But influenza, because it comes in the airways and other epitheliotropic viruses would, would come in and they're just on those epithelial surface. They don't necessarily go everywhere. But it really was submitters that were that were insistent that said, you know, I really think there's something more here. And I'm so glad that they did. And I think that this really highlights just the partnership that we have that pushes the science and the industry forward. And that was that was my aside on there. But once we did that, then what we wanted to do was look at, okay, we we think we, the two of us, amongst the 12 or so of us uh, diagnostic pathologists are seeing this uptick in cases where there's either a tracheitis, so inflammation of the trachea, or specifically a bronchitis, not just generally inflammation of the lungs, but actually those airways, and we've got a coding system. And so what what Mike and I wanted to do and what we ended up doing was going back a, a, a couple of years and pulling out the data of, okay, let's pick all these cases that a diagnostic pathologist has said, there are lesions here. We see something there because we're visual people. You can see our microscopes for, for both of us in the background. And we didn't find a cause. And from there, really, again, we know that sometimes those are still going to be influenza cases. And But we have this this information or this this data that said, hey, with this next generation sequencing, that another virus might be at play. So we wanted to eliminate that factor. So we took out anything where they hadn't tested for influenza. So we wanted cases that were specifically had tested for influenza. So influenza was negative and that we had these lesions. And then Mike and I looked through those cases and we looked at some, because there are some other things where it can look kind of like that, but there's evidence that something else is going on. And so we we eliminated those cases and we ended up um, with, I think, 117 cases. And I'll let Mike talk about what we did further with that. Yeah. I think we came, I don't know how many, how many did we start with? Was it like 1300? 
something like that. Yeah, 1500 that we, that we started with. Um, and so it took a while to, to weed down, um, to get 170 cases that we thought, you know what, this has a subacute, um, lesion. Uh, we're pretty confident that if there is a virus, it's still there. Um, and so, uh, you know, you have 117 cases, you want to do RNA scope for porcelain astrovirus four on, on every single one. The, the question was, you know, how do you pay for that? Because your RNA scope slides are a are hundred bucks plus. Um, and so you're looking at at least 12 grand uh, just to look at um, uh, these cases that we, that we'd selected. And so we wanted to be as targeted as possible. And as I'd say, probably as, as uh, financially responsible as we could be. Um, and so we went through um, and pulled all of the slides from those 170 cases and then pulled their, their um, formalin fixed paraffin embedded blocks um, and so what we did then is, is basically looked at those slides, identified specific airways that were affected, and then using a punch biopsy, we go back to those blocks and cut them out. So just cut out those specific airways um, and put them in a new uh, six-chambered cassette. Um, and so what you do is you basically just make a new slide. We have some phenomenal histotechs um, that work here that, that guided us along the way. And so it was a super, honestly, pain-free process. Um, and then what you do is you basically go from a $12,000 experiment down to a, a $2,000 experiment, um, which is, uh, it makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, it'd be um, financially prudent, right? Everybody's it, got a budget. Exactly. Um, but it was also just neat to be able to, you know, when you're looking at that slide, then with the RNA scope on there, you know that you're looking at, okay, this is that one airway, right? Like, I'm pretty sure it's in there if it is there. Uh, and so then we ran uh, porcelain astrovirus 4 RNA scope on on all 117 cases. Um, and since I was the one that did the cutting and, and identification, took my bias out of it. Um, Rachel and, and two other collaborators did the scoring on it. Um, and I think, and, I, and I'll let you go from here, but my, my you know, hope for this is, is if this is a cause, or at least if there's this high association it would be in like 20% of those cases. We'd find the nucleic acid in the lesion in about 20% of the cases. I thought that would be a high number. And, and I'll let Rachel take it from there. I, I just want to say, I know we've got savvy listeners, but because RNA scope is proprietary, that's an in situ hybridization. So again, we're pathologists, we're looking directly at it. So it's kind of like an immunohistochemistry. So we're actually able to see, as Mike said, the nucleic acid of that virus specifically in the lesions. So we have these lesions. And like Mike said, I was like 20, 30%. And we could say, yeah, there's something here. It was over 70% of these cases. That's a huge amount. That's a huge amount. For some of these cases, we had some other information about other viruses that have been proposed to be associated either with similar clinical signs, so coughing in pre and post weaning, and some with lesions. So some of those cases at least had been tested for uh, porcine para-influenza virus and um, uh, PHEV. Um, and those, overwhelmingly, we saw the porcine astrovirus 4 in those lesions. It was, it was really, it was really stunning. But not the other pathogens. We didn't but see the that. pathogens, and that would be next step that we want to do is to to further look at that, just in case we, again we missed it. But we'd like to to follow up and say, hey, is there anything else? Because again, um, once we find something, 
that doesn't necessarily, if we stop there, that doesn't necessarily mean there's, there's nothing else there, but at least we have very strong evidence, um, that porcine asteroids four is contributing to both these lesions and the clinical signs. Lasonia infection poses a major threat to pig gut health, negatively impacting performance and the ability to fend off other pathogens. Fight Lasonia at the site of infection with Enterosol ileitis from Beringer Ingelheim, a convenient oral vaccine that stimulates a direct immune response. Talk to your Beringer Ingelheim representative to learn more. United Animal Health has been innovating nutrition that feeds the animals that feed the world since 1956. Now a multinational ag biosciences company, we help people impact the health of their animals with less labor, less variation, less drag, less challenge, and less natural resources. Learn more at unitedanh.com. Very good. Well, I am super happy to hear that we've got two excellently uh, trained pathologists that are working on it because I can assure you we need all the help that we can get to, to sort through it. Um, I really want to thank you for the work that you've done uh, working on Astrovirus 4 and explaining what, what appears to be a very interesting situation with respiratory disease in, in young pigs. Um, and I want to thank you for coming on the show to share that with our audience. And, and to the audience, thank you very much for joining us on the Swine Health Black Belt podcast. Please check out our website at swinehealthblackbelt.com. And, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on not only this episode, but the ones that we produce every week. Uh, for Dr. Rachel Dershide and Dr. Mike Ray, it's been a pleasure to chat. And I hope everybody out there has a great rest of your day. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. If you have a swine health-related research trial and would like to come on the show to talk about it with me and share it with our audience, feel free to send an email to healthblackbelt at swineit.com, and we would love to take a look at your research.